This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yes, you up in the back. Yes. Do I agree with abortion? I agree. My view is that government should not make the judgment. Therefore, I have voted for 15 years consistently against limiting the right of a woman to make a decision with her doctor whether or not she should have an abortion. And on the other side, I have also voted against direct government funding of abortion. If you say government should stay out, government should stay out. In my What's going on, everybody? We are live on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Blaze TV. Do me a favor, subscribe wherever you're watching right now. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was Joe Biden. Uh, that was about, uh, gosh, that's almost 35 years ago or so at this point. And we wanted to start with that clip this morning as the cold open because uh, Joe Biden used to sort of make some sense. He was always sort of politician-y. He was always sort of glib and all of that stuff. But it was interesting to hear his thoughts on abortion way back when. That was when he was running for president back in 1998. He actually had to end his campaign early. A lot of people don't know this because he was caught plagiarizing. Of course, then he became vice president and president a couple decades after that. Uh, 1988, that was, yeah. Uh, really, just like, what a time warp that these people are still involved in anything at this point. It's nuts. But the point is, he was making a little bit of sense related to abortion, and he sort of wanted to respect privacy and that sort of thing. And ironically, you know, if you'd want the government out of abortion, well, then you'd sort of not want it to be federally mandated across the state. So you'd think that Joe Biden of 1988 might be sort of happy as to what happened a couple days ago via the reversal of Roe v. Wade. But here we are. I don't think I told you my name or the title of the show. I'm Dave Rubin. This is The Rubin Report. And I'm very happy to be with you today. And we got a jam-freaking-packed show that is going to leave you feeling enlightened and a little more ready to fight the insanity. Uh, real quick, guys, uh, before we get to that, on July 14th in Miami, I'm at the Miami Improv. And we just confirmed it this morning. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary Christina Pouchaw is going to be joining me on stage. We're going to do this differently than we've done any of the other tour shows because this is just an add-on show in my new hometown of Miami. Uh, so this will be a live Ruben Report episode. We are going to write the entire show that day and do it live with video clips and all that. And Christina is an absolutely awesome advocate, not only for the governor, uh, but for Florida and for freedom and much more. So I'm very psyched to have her. And who knows who else might show up. Uh, we shall see. You can get tickets at daverubin.com slash events. Okay, so yesterday I ended the show by playing uh, this little minute and a half or two minute segment uh, from the audiobook of Don't Burn This Book, where I laid out what my feelings on abortion are. And as you know, I describe myself as begrudgingly pro-choice. I do not deny that when the sperm meets the egg, that that is the genesis of life. There has to be a beginning and Basically, that's the only place it could be. We could have all sorts of discussions about a soul and the evolution and biology of the gestational period. And by the way, I'm going to get into some of the science uh, on that in just a few minutes. Uh, but really where we're at at this point 
is that half the country now seems to want to burn the thing down and another half of the country is sort of feeling good like, oh, maybe a little bit of the power was restored to the people. But how do we arbitrage those two positions? How do we get, if there's any chance that this union can hold, how do we get all of these people who are seemingly seeing the world in totally different ways, how do we get some of them, or at least the bulk of them, or a decent enough portion of them uh, to agree that we're going to be okay? So I'm going to try to debunk a couple things here today. Uh, first off, there's a lot of people freaking out that suddenly the Supreme Court is going to come for interracial marriage and gay marriage. So we're going to try to debunk that. Uh, we're going to also try to debunk some nonsense related to these people who want eight, seven, eight, six, seven, eight month abortions and somehow think that that is not murder when it obviously is. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of other things related to science and biology. And then, of course, uh, we'll get to the Democrats and media. And <laughs> it has nothing to do with science, biology, or anything sane. Uh, real quick, guys, you may want to strap on a relief band when I play some of those clips a bit later uh, because you might get nauseous. You know, are Joe Biden and the disastrous Democrats' policies making you nauseous? Did you know that one out of three Americans regularly suffer from nausea? But there's a solution. You've got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band that you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and anxiety and you change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to, re to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. Plus it's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all natural long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. And they just released their newest model, Relief Band Sport. The Sport is waterproof, has an extended battery life, and can even attach to your Apple or Android watch. So if you're finally taking this, that summer trip or just nauseous from everything going on in the world, I've got some good news. Right now you can join over the 100,000 Relief Band users out there with an exclusive offer just for Ruben Report listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Ruben, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and no questions asked for a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember, it's better to have a Relief Band and not need it than to not have it at all. So head on over to reliefband.com and use my promo code Ruben for 20% off plus free shipping. Okay, so how did we get here. How did we get to this place where now the country seems even more divided than we seemed, say, 10 days ago? Because that is what it feels like right now. Remember, 10 days ago, we were divided over guns. Now we're divided over abortion. Next week, it'll be something else. Two months before that, it was something else. It's COVID, it's injections, it's economy. It's always something that's out there. Uh, but the abortion thing, because it goes to such depths of what humanity is all about, the way we view the world, what our personal philosophy is, our religious views, our views of secularism and government, it really unearths almost everything. Uh, so some of you may know Charlemagne the God. He's a, a huge radio host, podcaster, uh, and he is a Democrat. He is a liberal and a Democrat and I suppose a progressive, and he's interviewed Kamala Harris and a whole bunch of the Democrat politicians. Uh, but he's now squarely blaming a lot of what's happened 
on the Democrats themselves, as opposed to putting it at the feet of the Republicans, which I thought was sort of interesting. Okay, what we witnessed on Friday is the cowardice of the Democratic Party catching up to them. All right. They know what Republicans have been planning for decades. Republicans have never hidden their agenda. They have shown and told us what play they are going to run. And for some reason, Democrats never craft a defense to stop. All right. I mean, we didn't just get here yesterday, people. Yes. It's easy to point the finger at Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell and say, yeah, they put three judges on the Supreme Court. That's true. But I feel like the cowardice and inaction from Democrats caused a lot of this. I have a million questions that people smarter than me can answer. Now, the reason I wanted to play that clip was it's interesting because I do want to always listen to people on the other side and, and hear what they're thinking about issues when they think something completely different than me. So obviously he he. I don't want to say he loves abortion, but he's obviously not happy about Roe being overturned. And he's blaming this on the Democrats because he's saying, hey, the Republicans said what they were going to do the whole time. Now, the issue is, although I disagree with him on, on sort of probably the fundamental reality of what happened here, I do believe in the Constitution and the fact that there is no constitutional right to abortion, as was just decided. Um, what I do agree with him on is sort of the ineptitude and stupidity of the Democrats. They have pushed and pushed so far that people who would not have cared about this, people who were really willing to let Roe sit there, um, have decided that they didn't wanna let Roe sit there because they kept seeing the Democrats move on everything. They kept seeing them move on the woke stuff, the gender stuff, the critical race theory stuff, the abortion stuff, meaning have eight month abortions. So this is that sort of, you give them an inch, they take a mile and I would, say that the perfect example of that is that cold open that we just showed you of Joe Biden in 1998. And you know what, for the clip purposes, Connor, let's put that clip in right here again, okay? Let's do that for the clip purposes when we do this a little bit later. Uh, Joe Biden in 1998, sounding somewhat measured, understanding his own personal beliefs versus government and all of those things, versus Joe Biden of today, where he basically is saying it is a fundamental right, They've taken away fundamental rights. They're coming after women and all of this hysteria. Remember, again, the only argument for voting for Joe Biden as president was that he was the firewall. He was going to stop evil fascist Donald Trump, and he was the firewall against crazy wokeism. And ironically, he's the one who has ushered it in. But the hysteria, of course, is not just about the, the politicians. It also is all of their friends in the media. And watch out, people. I'm about to show you a clip from The View. Don't we have church, uh, separation? Yes, no, we're supposed don't to. Anymore. I think we Clarence don't Thomas anymore. used to have a seance yeah. and have Thomas Jefferson there and Alexander Hamilton. Hello? Yeah. Uh, do we still have a separation of church and state here? Is in the Constitution? It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a, the First Listen, Amendment guarantee, and we I don't mean, seem to have that anymore. Six, well, six we're in a the, theocracy right now. Okay, the level of stupidity there is so off the charts. First off, Sonny Hostin, this has nothing to do with the First Amendment. You can say whatever you want. They can get up there and say that we live in a theocracy. Okay, it's not true, but they can say it. Uh, also, uh, she's talking about the separation of church and state. There was no religious argument made in any of the Supreme Court justices' uh, paperwork on this. There was no nothing that had to do with religion. It was explicitly what is in the Constitution, which is basically a secular document. Uh, the founders were believers all in their own way, and they went back and forth in that, and they talked about a moral people, and they talked about the separation of church and state, obviously. Uh, no one is being dictated to live a certain way, right? Nobody is being uh, told, oh, you must believe in Christ, you must be a Christian, and must do this or that. All this is is a give back 
It's a give back. People like the, the buyback when they do gun buybacks. This is a give back of the power to the state. So this is a decentralization of power. What this is unearthing within the progressives, what it's showing all of us, is that they just want one power over us. They want one ring to rule us all, basically, and that's what they're upset about. So here you have Joy Behar talking about the separation of church and state while she's basically spitting all over the separation of powers, the idea that we do have a judiciary that decides what's legal and a legislative branch that writes the laws and an executive branch that executes those laws, right? That is what is a key uh, facet of the Constitution, of the rule of law that we have here. By the way, the definition of a theocracy, since uh, Joy Behar brought that up, a system of government in which priests rule in the name of God or a God. Does that sound like what's happened here? They literally said, hey, states, can you figure out what's going on with abortion? You make your decisions and, you know, hopefully the people in your states will vote a certain way. And then if you want no abortions or eight month abortions or 12 week abortions or whatever, go ahead and do that. Does this sound like the priests are doing something in the name of God? Is that what this really sounds like? It's endless. It's endless hysterical, uh, hysterical lunacy. I mean, it's the only way to put it. But the new meme out there also is that what they're coming for next. Now that they've done this, now that they've given the right of abortion to the state, and of course you are allowed to leave the state and get an abortion still, but now that they've done that, they're coming for interracial marriage. Black people will not marry white people. And of course they're coming for gay marriage too. Here's Whoopi Goldberg. I want people to have the lives they want, but I don't want to force anybody. I don't want anybody coming in my house telling me how to raise my daughter and what she needs because they don't know. These and I and I appreciate everybody's religion, but I do not subscribe to your religion. I don't ask you to subscribe to mine and you do not have the right based on your religious beliefs to tell me, because what's next, as Clarence Thomas is signaling, mm -hmm. they would like to get rid of contraception. Mm -hmm. Do you understand, sir? No, because you don't that's have to crazy. use it. But that's crazy. They don't have to use well, it. That is on the menu insane. now. Contraception's on the menu. Gay marriage is, well, is now better hope probably going to be overturned. Affirmative action is We no were more. not in the Constitution either. Well, we were not even people he is in saying the Constitution. Nothing is pressing anymore. Well, really? you better but hope Clarence, that they don't come for you, Clarence, and say you should not be married to your wife oh. who happens to be white, because they will move that. And you better hope That's that nobody right. says, you know, well, you're not in the Constitution. You're back to being a quarter we're of back a person. Because that's not going to work either. You know, we'll what? be right back. Oh, all right. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Man, when I tell you that these people need fear and endless hysteria to keep people watching, it's like, has there ever been a better example of that? Has there ever been a better example of that? Do you think that the Supreme Court is coming for interracial marriage? You know, the, the founding documents, which I believe are the, the best man-made documents ever to free people, to free an imperfect people from ourselves, from our history and all of those things, uh, which has led to 250 plus years of this incredible evolution of freedom and more and more equality for more people along the way. Do I think that the Supreme Court is suddenly going to say black people cannot marry white people? That's what we're gonna do. You better watch out, Clarence Thomas. And also, no matter how many videos you see of these people, the hypocrisy of this idea that suddenly they want autonomy over their lives and nobody over their bodies and nobody's allowed to tell them what they should do with their bodies. The same people, those are the same harping crazy women who were demanding 
that other people wear masks, that other people get vaccinated, that we fire other people for their own medical decisions and much more, which had certainly much more to do with their own personal decisions. You were forcing, no one's forcing anyone to get an abortion. You were forcing people to be injected with something, whether you knew it worked or not. And if they didn't want to get injected the way you wanted them to get injected with, they were potentially losing their job. That's what you freaks wanted just a couple months ago. And this is why if you have no principles, if your only principle is power that you can exercise over people, you will end up seeming like a crazy person, much like Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar and Sonny Hostin and Anna Navarro and uh, whoever else is sitting at that table. But I do wanna unpack a little bit more related uh, to the Obergfell versus Hodges case, which is the, the gay marriage case. So Blaze had some interesting information here. So let's, uh, let's take a look. As soon as the United States Supreme Court decision in the Dobbs case overturned Roe v. Wade on Friday, Many liberals and even some libertarians began to fear that gay marriage might be next, and a concurring opinion from Justice Clarence Thomas may further inflame those concerns. In his opinion, siding with the majority, Thomas wrote that the court should in future cases reconsider all of this court's substantive due process precedents, including Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergfell. Obergfell refers to the landmark case, Obergfell versus Hodges in 2015, which legalized gay marriage in all 50 states. The chances that the court would actually revisit those cases, those other cases, are quite slim, despite the striking language in Thomas's opinion, which says that the court has a duty to correct the error established in Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergfell. All right, here's the key part here. Thomas does not necessarily state that those decisions were wrongly decided. While the majority in the Dobbs opinion, written by Samuel Alito, states unequivocally that like the infamous decision in Plessy versus Ferguson, Roe was also egregiously wrong and on a collision course with the Constitution from the day it was decided, Thomas does not argue that Griswold, Lawrence, and Obergfell were wrongly decided, only perhaps wrongly reasoned. Despite Thomas's legal reasoning, and the fact that the court is unlikely to revisit Obergfell, many on social media, media continue to assume that gay marriage may soon go the way of abortion. Okay, so I really want to address this because I see a lot of people sending me very, very mean messages. Dave, you're, you're defending this Roe v. Wade decision despite the fact that you're begrudgingly pro-choice and they're gonna come for your marriage next. So now it's very important that people understand that the Obergfell case and the Roe case were vastly different. One was saying, oh, there is this constitutional right. There is a constitutional right to an abortion in the constitution itself. Any legal, any honest legal scholar knows that that simply does not exist. Now, what got the Supreme Court in 2015 to move on gay marriage were things that are actually in the constitution. So we have a quote here from Botanica, which is a uh, legal website that go, dives in and explains a lot of these things. Writing for the majority, Justice Anthony Kennedy asserted that the right to marry is a fundamental right inherent with the liberty of the person and is therefore protected by the due process clause. This is something that's in the constitution, which prohibits the states from depriving any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. By virtue of the close connection between liberty and equality, the marriage right is also guaranteed by the Equal Protection Clause, which forbids the states from denying to any person equal protection of the laws. Kennedy then argued at length that he reasons, uh, that the reasons marriage is fundamental, including its connection with individual liberty, apply with equal force to same-sex couples. 
Such considerations, he concluded, compel the court that same-sex couples may exercise the fundamental right to marry. Okay, so these are two ideas, concepts, laws that are in the Constitution, that are in our documents, that the Bill of Rights is based on all of these things. Due process under the law, everyone should be treated equally, equal protection under the law. Now, is it possible the case will get to the Supreme Court? I suppose that it is, but there is no evidence that uh, Clarence Thomas or anyone else would, not, would suddenly not believe in due process, would suddenly not believe in equal rights and all of these things. So the point is there's something to look at in these cases that, that back up the idea that people should be able to enter contracts equally. If you were to say, oh, the, this set of people can't, adults can't enter a certain contract, well, then you'd have to say that everyone can't enter it. Uh, so that is a little bit of the legal reasoning. I, I'll get some lawyers on here to discuss this further or su some Supreme Court uh, experts, et cetera. But I wanted to really point to that because I think it's important because everyone's sort of endlessly hysterical. Uh, and the other part of this is that if you remember back in 2015, when the court decided that gay marriage would be legal across the land, 26 states had already done legal gay marriage through their own judiciaries, through their own legislative process. It, remember that? Do you remember? Like, it's hard to remember things these days because every, things happen so fast. But if you remember that, it was happening almost every week. Another state was on the way to making gay marriage legal. Ironically, uh, California, remember Prop 8? They had voted against gay marriage. So uh, the world is a weird place. But the point is that in Obergfell, which is the gay marriage case, there are actual precedents to point to. There are things that are based in our founding documents like due process, like equal protection under the law, that it strikes me as very uh, unlikely to reverse. So I just wanna put that piece out there. Uh, but now let's shift a little bit to some of the reaction to all of this, because as Charlemagne the God pointed to, Earlier, the Democrats really need to look in the mirror right now. It's not just that the Republicans got these Supreme Court justices in and these people happen to make their judicial decisions a little more based in the law and the Constitution. Uh, it's that the, the left itself, the Democrats themselves, have gone completely bananas. There virtually are no moderate voices. You know it. We've been through this before. And if you want to see that there are no uh, moderate voices, let's look at two of the current leaders of the Democrat party. And I'm gonna pick, I'm not even going with AOC or Bernie or the straight up squad this time. Here's Stacey Abrams, who all she's known as really is the loser of the Georgia gubernatorial uh, election, who then said that elections were illegitimate, uh, but uh, somehow she's someone that we're supposed to listen to or something. Here's her thoughts on abortion. Do you support any limitation on abortion or does it do you think that women should have the right to have an abortion all the way up to nine months? I believe an abortion is a medical decision and I believe that that should be a choice made between a doctor and a woman and in consultation with her family. So no, she does not believe in any limits on abortion. This is a position that is completely untenable that almost nobody in real life actually believes. We all know this. We've all seen pictures of six or seven month uh, fetuses, right? Okay, uh, we've all seen it. Everyone knows this is wrong. Everyone knows that's a life. There are babies that can be born. I think the earliest baby that's ever been born, can we maybe fact check me on this? The earliest fetus that's ever been born, I think it's around 22 weeks if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this is a radical, a deeply radical position that the Democrats take. I'm being told it's 21 weeks is the, is the least 
ever, 21 weeks and five days, okay? But this is someone who wants you to have a medical decision, make a medical, I'm not feeling very well, I don't like being pregnant, I have a little depression, I should be able to have that abortion at eight months. That's their position, and by the way, it's not just her. Here's Eric Adams, who is the mayor of New York City, who much like Joe Biden, people voted him because they thought he was not a completely insane Democrat, just a mostly insane one. Mayor Adams, do you think there should be any limitation on abortions? Uh, no, I do not. None, day of birth, totally fine? Uh, no, I do not think. I think women should have a right to choose their bodies. Men should not have that right to choose how women should treat their bodies. Really, this is the same hypocritical douchebag who was gladly forcing people uh, to inject themselves with vaccines and everything else. Suddenly they really care about people's autonomy over their own bodies. And by the way, I could show you 10,000, if we had all day, an awful lot of clips of other mainstream Democrats basically saying the whole thing. So who are the extremists right now? Who are really the extremists? The people who are saying, hey, we shouldn't have one law for everybody. We should just send this back to the states and you can then decide where you wanna live. And if the state is in line with your views, you'll stay there. And if you really think that abortion is the top of your hierarchy, of, of importance to you in your life, and you live in Alabama and they're gonna make abortion illegal, that you'll go move to California. That allows for that experiment to keep running. We'll have more on that in uh, just a second. Uh, but interestingly, I think the real question is here, the real question here is, does the left's position, do these progressives, do their position on unlimited abortions, how is that sort of, uh, how does that set up? How does that sit with our laws? Uh, so we've got an interesting quote here from APTA Advice, which is a website that just basically explains a whole bunch of stuff. And here they're going to explain what's going on uh, when the sperm meets the egg. So we're going to do some like sixth grade biology. Just bear with me here for a second. Week three, life begins as a blastocyst. So first you have, for those first few weeks, you have cells that are just multiplying. And in terms of development, right now your baby is a ball of cells called a blastocyst. The blastocyst contains DNA from you and your husband, which determines sex eye color, and other features. Week five, their first heartbeat. So understand that. At five weeks in, you are getting a heartbeat. As a father-to-be, I can tell you very clearly that when we heard the heartbeat, this is a powerful moment, and you know that this is a life. All right, let's continue. Uh, the development at that point, not only is your baby's heart starting to beat, it beats at twice the rate of yours. Week 10, now a fetus. Development, vital organs like the kidneys, intestines, brain, and liver are starting to work. Nails are also visible at this age. The baby's skin is still see-through, but his limbs can move and bend. Your baby's fingerprints are also developing now. We continue, week 12, see your baby move. If you poke your 12-week pregnant belly while looking at him on the ultrasound during the parental checkup, you likely see movement. Week 27, the second trimester ends. Development. This is the last week of your second trimester. Your baby's sleep patterns are now regular. His brain is now very active, and although his lungs aren't fully developed, they can already function on their own. Week 39, your baby is now full-term. Development, your baby is practically full-term this week. However, he continues to build a layer of fat, which will help him control his body temperature after birth. Okay, so the only reason that I wanted to do that, and hopefully you guys know some of that, I suspect those of you that are parents probably are intimately aware of all of that stuff, um, is that this simple idea, this just non-thinking idea of, no, it is a woman's right to choose, and she can do it at any time with her doctor, and it is not a life in her, is just 
not honest. And again, I say that as someone that does believe in a pluralistic society, you have to have a few weeks, 12 weeks, that's three months to make some sort of choice. It's a horrific choice that you have to decide with your spouse or your partner and your God and whatever your belief system is. But I'm trying to, and I think most, I think even most pro-life people understand that. There's actually a lot of evidence and a lot of polling on that that most pro-life people do. Uh, but here we have a quote from Live Action, which goes a little bit more into uh, some of this as we're discussing, is this a life or not? Section one of the 14th Amendment says that a state can't deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Clearly, people do have a constitutional right to life, and they don't have to be 18 to enjoy it. Now, the reason I wanted to pull that quote up particularly was because I just mentioned due process under the law, right? Due process under the law, which is exactly what was argued in the case of Obergfell, meaning that gay people have every right to equality and due process. And so does this fetus at some point acknowledging that it is life. So they're, they're completely disregarding science Right? These are the people that, that, that are, we're told they care about science. You guys care about your magical God and you wish to have us all live in your theocracy. But they're the ones saying that a eight-month pregnant woman uh, should be allowed to do whatever she wants when it is the state's very duty to protect life. So, okay, the next part of this is how they are going to use their radical positions to govern over us. I mean, the, the irony is, again, this decision put more power back in individual people and states' hands. Uh, but they are not really into that. Uh, they like when everything is controlled from something above, above us. Here is Vice President Kamala Harris trying to figure out how they can fund abortion no matter what. And what about the idea of financial resources, mm -hmm. some form of voucher for travel, child care services, other forms of support for people, yeah. for women seeking abortions in states where it's not legal, right. but they just don't have the means to go elsewhere? I think you're asking a, a very important point, making a very important point, which is what are the details that are going to go into ensuring that women have the ability to actually uh, travel? Um, without impairment. And we know that on this issue, women who have access to resources will probably be far less impacted by this decision than women who don't have resources. So this is something that we are looking at. Okay, so what's interesting, so it's something we are looking at. Now, if the federal government uh, is not in charge of abortion, but then the federal government decides to fund people having abortions, it seems like we have a problem there. Right? Why should your federal tax dollars go to fund someone's el someone else's abortion? As I have said repeatedly, if California and New York and all the rich celebrities that live there want to fund abortions, if all the Democrats want to have abortion parties and abortion fundraisers so they can get all these black and brown girls to come from these scary red states and have abortions and then maybe you get a cookie after and then we send you back, then I guess so be it, right? Because I am a state's rights person. If, if individual people in certain states want to raise money for other people to come to their states to have abortions, that's one thing. But now that the uh, Supreme Court of the United States has said this has nothing to do with the federal government, I don't see how the federal government can use a dime of anyone's money to move people uh, 
to have abortions in, in states that will keep abortion legally. Uh, now, interestingly also, let's contrast that with that video that I showed you earlier of Joe Biden in 1988, keep government out of abortion. So it seems that Joe Biden of 1988 is at very uh, strange odds with Joe Biden of 2022 and certainly uh, with Kamala Harris of 2022. Uh, his own health and human services secretary, uh, Xavier Becerra, uh, is also trying to figure out ways that they can make sure that people are going to still have abortions. How about the suggestion that's been floated by Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, about uh, carving out federal lands for abortion providers? Is that possible? There are a number of conversations on any number of options that can be out there. We will certainly take a close look as we made a commitment uh, some time ago, months ago, as we were planning for whatever might come from the Supreme Court. We will took a, take a look at every option to make sure a woman has access to the care that she needs. Have you uh, looked We're at not that prepared one? to say what that means. Yeah, uh, all those things have been uh, put on the table. Man, I mean, I don't know how you can describe this thing as anything other than a death cult. Again, that's within the context of you knowing what my feelings are on abortion are, right? Knowing that there has to be some wiggle room there. And of course, the right to privacy and individual rights are important and all of those things. But these people want federal lands. We will have these special federal lands where we will pay people to come and have seven-month abortions. Like, it really is psychotic. That is what is so important to them. It is so important that the state should have nothing to do with a woman's right to make medical decisions. The same freaking people, the same people that just weeks ago wanted everybody to be injected with their experimental vaccine, right? That didn't even work. That's what we are up against right now. The, the, it's off the charts hypocrisy. And it's, it's just so in your face. It's so brazen. It's so in your face that it's actually hard to believe. And what it's really showing you is that they actually hate representative democracy. They hate that this experiment allows for people to live differently. They're pretending that all of us on the scary right or whatever you want to call it are demanding that everyone bow to their religion and everything else when in fact they're just giving power back. They're decentralizing power. These people, ironically, they call themselves pro-choice, but they are the least for choice that you can possibly imagine. Here is a black lesbian, Wanda Sykes. Here's black lesbian comedian Wanda Sykes on the Stephen Colbert comedy program last night. And she has just had it with all you people. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm a black gay woman and I have a daughter, so I'm not doing so well right now. Mm -hmm. I'm a little salty. You're a little salty? I'm a little salty right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll sprinkle a little yeah. salt. It really does. I mean, you know, it's like the... The country, it's no longer a democracy, right? I mean, we're, it's, no, it's no longer majority rule. No, no certainly not right? in the Senate, certainly yeah. not in the representation it's, of the it's, Supreme it's, Court. The problem is that middle stuff. It's, it's those states in the middle, that, that, that red stuff. Mm -hmm. why, why do they get to tell us what to do when the majority of us live out, you know, New York, California, and we're paying for all this crap, really? I mean, right? Yeah. We, we're footing yes. the bill. Well, that's, that's the union. It's, it's yeah. supposed to be a representative democracy, but it turns out to be minority rule right now. Right, right. There's so much stupidity there that I actually almost have to apologize for playing it. It's so stupid. First off, she is a black gay woman and she's salty. There's something funny about that. Um, 
<laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody's coming for her. You're a black gay woman and you're a mother. Zippity-doo-dah, lady. Nobody cares. Nobody's coming for you. You did your thing. You're a millionaire. You're doing quite well in America. It's all good. She's very upset that the majority uh, can't rule over the minority, which uh, I thought we were supposed to care about minority rights. I thought we were supposed to look out for the other guy, but she seems to want, you know, if everyone says you're supposed to do something, you're supposed to do it. The two of these wizards also have no sense of what federalism is. We've talked quite a bit about federalism, and I want to thank Phoenix today, my associate producer who brought in his copy of the Federalist Papers. I do have a copy of the Federalist Papers here, but we're still not even fully unpacked. So Phoenix brought in his copy. Uh, and let me tell you a little bit about federalism in case I haven't made it clear here. Connor, throw it up on the screen there. Federalism mode of political organization that unites separate states or other polites within the overreaching political system in a way that allows each to maintain its own integrity. Federal systems do this by requiring that basic policies be made and implemented through negotiation in some form so that all the members can share in the making and executing of the decisions. The political principles that animate federal systems emphasize the primacy of bargaining and negotiated coordination among several power centers. They stress the virtues of dispersed power centers as a means for safeguarding individual and local liberties. The various political systems that call themselves federal differ in many ways. Certain characteristics and principles, however, are common to all truly federal systems. So yes, this is a beautiful thing. If you believe in individual choice, if you are pro-choice, pro-humans having some capacity to make decisions for themselves and live in places that are more in line with their values and all of those things, then that is happening right now. But we have a black lesbian mother who is very upset even though nobody is coming to get her. And she's also very confused about this majority rule thing. Again, I thought we were supposed to care about minorities and look out for other people. Uh, this we, we thought would be a good opportunity to throw back to a, a video that I was part of back in 2018 because I've been trying to talk about this stuff in as many forums as possible for quite some time. And I think as the sort of why I left the left guy, uh, I guess I've helped wake up a whole bunch of people on this stuff. So this is June of 2018. Uh, I was on Joe Rogan's podcast explaining federalism and the importance of local control as opposed to top-down control over your life. I think there is some utility for the state. But the more I do this, the more I have these conversations and I talk to ANCAPs and, and real libertarians and all that, I find it hard to defend the state at almost any level at this point. But I do think that because I don't want to live in Mad Max Fury Road just yet, although we may be heading there, I, I still will defend the state at some level. But I would say everything should be local. We have an incredible experiment here with 50 states. If your state taxes too high, move, go somewhere else. If your state doesn't have good education, you can go somewhere else. If you don't like the weather somewhere. But the second we make everything federal, and this is what... It's not just the left. This is what people who are using lazy thinking that you referred to, they think we should just have one law, that we should all live exactly the same no matter we, where we are geographically, no matter what our religion or what, however we set our set of views is. That is a nightmare. Referring to like in terms of like you one want, set of laws. Well, because you want states' rights. You, mm -hmm. What you should care about is states' rights. So for example, we live in California. We are taxed out the fucking wazoo. I bought a house last year. It's my first time at 41 years old that I own property. 
in America. I made it. I own property. I don't have to tell you about my property taxes. They're insane. They're very high. They're, they're absurdly, absurdly but high. That's and, the price you pay for living in a spot where everybody wants to live. Yeah, no, but that's it. <laughs> that's the beauty, right? So like right. there's a trade-off there. Now, I could move to Texas and the property taxes would be way low and maybe because they don't tax as much, the schools aren't as good or a series of other things. But that's the beauty of the foot vote. You can go. This is an experiment. This thing in America. Well, who's this, against that? Anyone that wants to keep giving more power to the federal government, which is pretty much everybody these days. All right. So I should pat myself on the back for that because I've been pretty consistent in what I've been talking about for years. Uh, as my guys were looking for that clip, we found this, which was pretty kind of funny in that I nailed exactly what was going to happen to Joe Rogan. You can move your family, your value, whatever you bring to your community and your life. I mean, think about it right now. If, if California just kept taxing higher and higher and kept screwing up a lot of, there's a ton that's going wrong in the state. Eventually, Joe Rogan might be like, you know, I just built this freaking kick-ass new studio here. I'm now paying I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes and all this stuff. You might want to try it somewhere else where they're going to tax you less. But that's the beauty of the thing. You don't have to leave the country. So the, the federal government should pretty much do nothing. It should make sure we're not warring with each other, that the states aren't warring. That's about And then protect the borders. Beyond that, it doesn't have to do a lot. Leave it to the state. Dave Rubin, guy who's consistently said what he thinks and kind of does make sense. And as long as we're doing a trip down memory lane, this is my retirement show, I think. A year before that, in February 2017, I did that very famous, it has now been seen probably over 50 million times across platforms, I did that why I left the left video. That is the thing that kind of poured rocket fuel on everything else I was uh, doing at the time. And I explained my rationale for not wanting the government to intervene on anyone's values. I'm a married gay man, so you might think that I appreciate the government forcing a Christian baker or photographer or florist to act against their religion in order to cater, photograph, or decorate my wedding. But you'd be wrong. A government that can force Christians to violate their conscience can force me to violate mine. If a baker won't bake you a cake, find another baker. Don't demand that the state tell him what to do with his private business. I'm pro-choice. But a government that can force a group of Catholic nuns, literally called the Little Sisters of the Poor, to violate their faith and pay for abortion-inducing birth control can force anyone to do anything. That's not progressive. That's regressive. Blast from the past. And I used to say regressive left all the time. Some of you remember that. Uh, but okay, so there's some calm, rational thought, and I really am doing that not to pat myself on the back, but just to show you that there's many people and many books out there and many papers that have been written of people defending what freedom is, people defending uh, individual rights and your ability to make decisions over your own life and all of those things. But what do the people that want to control you have to do in the face of calm, rational thought? and some of the stuff that I laid out in those videos right there. Well, what they have to do is really scare you. And when the, way, the way they can scare you best is telling you that uh, people are gonna die. Here's Hillary Clinton. Justice Thomas has sort of floated that out there about contraceptive rights, yes. contraception, and about same-sex marriages. But other justices have pushed back to say, no, he's really sort of on his own with that. Well, Don't he, believe that? Well, he may be on his own, but he's signaling as he often did, you know, people, I went to law school with him. Mm -hmm. He's been 
a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. And he has signaled uh, in the past to lower courts, to state legislatures, to find cases, pass laws, get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. So you're saying people pay attention to yes, this? Yes, the people he is speaking to, which are the, you know, right-wing, very conservative judges and justices and state legislatures. And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing, but women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. Someone should tell Hillary what happens when someone has a seven-month abortion. Pretty sure someone dies, and that includes what would eventually become a woman. It's a girl, it's a female, uh, and they die in abortions. Um, but I guess she doesn't really care about that. I also think it's rather extraordinary what she says there. She says that Clarence Thomas basically is filled with resentment, grievance, and anger. Isn't that exactly what drives the Democrat movement of today? Isn't that exactly what wokeism and progressivism is all about? That minorities are supposed to be resentful of an America that's systemically racist. That they're supposed to have grievance against all of the mean laws and the patriarchy and all of the things, and they damn well should be angry, which is why they burn buildings down in the name of uh, tolerance. So it's a very bizarre position that Hillary Clinton is holding. Hillary Clinton, by the way, she is married to a rapist, and also in the 90s, you may remember, uh, she was the one that concocted a vast right-wing conspiracy that turned out to be uh, totally true. That's Hillary Clinton right there. Also, she uh, said that the election in 2016 was illegitimate, so. <laughs> Oh, by the way, if I die in the next couple of days, I did not commit suicide. I'm just putting that out there right now because if you say anything bad about Hillary, they take you out. And I just want to be clear, I have never been happier or more fulfilled in life. I feel like I'm doing good work. I'm about to have kids. I love life. I love what I'm doing. And uh, okay, there we go. Uh, so what do we do about all this? Well, I found this video of a resentful, grievance-filled, angry guy. And I thought that he maybe made a good point on it. You can be in the middle of a hurricane or you can be on a calm day, north is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm, north is still north. People can yell at you, north is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. Grievance, anger, man, is he just filled with it, talking about truth and doing the right thing, boy. Guy is just overflowing with hostility. It just never ends. Uh, dare I quote myself, sort of quoting something else from Don't Burn This Country, talking about individualism. Allow me right here. Uh, the term individualism itself was first coined by Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America. Tocqueville, forever in his invest, forever the invested far-off onlooker, understood American democracy, what he called the equality of conditions, not merely as a way to govern, but as a way to live. Individualism was a lifestyle, not rooted in selfishness, but self-reliance, empowering the individual to be dependent on no man nor entity other than himself. If you have not read it, that was from Don't Burn This Country, which hopefully you've read but here is Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America. And that spirit, that spirit is what they're coming for right now. When they tell you, no, 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 we must have one law to rule everybody. You need us. If you don't give us power, you will be afraid. No, no. The purpose 
of that spirit of America is to be spirited, to be independent, to be self-reliant and not reliant on that machine. So what do you do about that as we continue our trip down memory lane? Well, you freaking stand up. You stand up to them and you knock down the lies and you be brave in a time when we have a bravery deficit. So what can you do? Believe it or not, the solution is not that hard. Step one, think for yourself. Step two, say it out loud. Just because a former bartender says the world is gonna end in 12 years because of climate change doesn't mean it's true. Doomsdayers have been saying the same thing for decades and we're still here. Just because a filmmaker says we should model our healthcare system on Cuba's doesn't mean it's a good idea. Would you rather have heart surgery in Houston or in Havana? And just because a career politician is a millionaire with three houses who rails against the rich doesn't make him a hypocrite. Oh wait, in that case it actually does. The point is, perhaps your most important job as a human being is to stand up for the things you believe in. Don't take the path of least resistance. Be better than those who would silence you, deplatform you, and mob you. How? Just stop being afraid. Huh? How about that guy? Kind of makes some sense, doesn't he? Uh, all right, guys, we've got a great cold close for you. Um, before, though, I do want to reference, so that was obviously from my, I believe that was my third PragerU video, uh, which was the bravery deficit. And if you want to see my most recent PragerU video, which is all about democracy in America and some of the ideas I've shared here, you can go to PragerU's, either their website or their YouTube page, Three Ways to Fix America is the title the video. All right, let's jump to some comments at rubenreport.locals.com. And I think we've got some from the Rumble community as well. Uh, Mad for Cars says, of course, companies want to pay for abortions cheaper than having someone out on maternity leave. Companies spend millions when they hire women, uh, then they become pregnant. You know, it's an interesting point, And I don't think it's a very cynical point, actually. Someone might read that and say, oh, you're such a cynic. Uh, but no, I think that's actually quite true. If a company hire somebody to do a job and they go, oh boy, we're gonna have to let them go for a couple months because of maternity leave, but, but we can just ship them to federal lands out in Oklahoma to an Indian reservation or something and they'll have an abortion. Uh, well, gosh darn it, I guess we'll do that and we'll save some money. Uh, so the whole corporate part of this is all such nonsense uh, that all of these companies wanna fund these abortions. It's like the corporate thing with, the, with Pride Month and all that, they don't give a crap. This is all about control over people. Uh, AB says, my friend had her baby at 21 weeks and there was a lot of medical intervention, of course, but she is happy. She is a happy, healthy, grown 28-year-old woman now. Amen to that. That is absolutely incredible. I mean, 21 weeks. So again, this is where we can have some of that discussion. Okay, should we have 12 weeks where hopefully people can figure out alternatives but should be able to make their own decisions? And are there are there the fringe cases where the the... A child will never be able to live a fully actualized life because of whatever their condition, uh, developmental condition is. Or should we have certain carve-outs for the health of the woman? Of, in my estimation, of course, we should have all of those things. In most pro-life people's, uh, in most pro-life people's positions and thoughts, uh, I think you have some carve-outs on some of those things. But again, even if there is one state that is the most extreme on this, you'd still be able to leave the state and do what you had to do. And this is that constant tension that will exist between private and personal decisions and what the government should or should not do. Jeannie says, I'm baffled that they call a fetus my body. It's not as if their spleen could grow up to be their best friend and closest loved one. 
Well, I have a feeling a lot of people, uh, these people don't have that many friends and maybe their spleen is their best friend. Uh, but you see what I'm talking about, whether it's Whoopi or Joy Behar or Hillary or Becerra or Kamala. I mean, this, this sort of death cult-like, anyone should have an abortion. You people are all evil. You wanna control us. They, they don't realize that they've spent the last two years trying to control us. And I think the best thing that we can do is go back to some of these documents. How about the Federalist Papers? Look at what's in, actually in the Constitution. Understand what your God-guaranteed rights are, your God-given rights are, and that the government didn't give them to you. There's something before that. Uh, and that we find these truths to be self-evident so we don't endlessly debate every little thing. They find no truths to be self-evident. Boys or girls, two plus two is five. We don't have time for that anymore. We, we have a country to save. Are you with me? Uh, reminder, July 14th in Miami. Do we have the image? One more time with the image. We got the image. There we go. Look at those glasses. Uh, DaveRubin.com slash events and Christina Pouchaw, who is uh, Ron DeSantis' press secretary right here in the great state of Florida will be joining me. Part one of my interview with Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota is up right now. Really enjoyed talking to her and she did a really bang up job uh, defending uh, her citizens in South Carolina, uh, South Dakota from the lockdowns and the rest of the nonsense. And finally, I do think you'll enjoy this cold close. Have a nice day. My choice! My choice! <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.